You looking for the latest in housing and mortgage news? We have you covered. Are you ready to go? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Oster Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dustin, what is popping? Hey, that's probably one of the last times I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you've tuned in to the Lone Oster Podcast. Why? Aren't we changing everything uh, over to TLOP? I guess. Yeah, we're going to have to do an entire episode talking about this TLOF rebrand and what it means. That's what brands do when they're flailing and need to spice up things. Ooh, you think we're there? You think after four years we're flailing a little bit? Or are we just getting started? I think we're just getting started for 200, Alex. Yeah, I think we're just getting started too, JC. And I think the focus groups and the consultants that we've brought in, Mm -hmm. the same people who are valuing our first product, TLOP Online, the MLO community at $6,000 a year, Turn up for a check. Whereas we're only asking people for a $2,000 annual investment. I think those some same people are looking at us and like what we do, but like, hey, you should probably drop the name mm. and embrace TLOP. God bless your heart for actually caring about other humans on this planet, Dustin. Someone has to do it, John. You not going to be, be me. Yes. It cannot just be the plants and the animals. <laughs> yes, that's all that matters. Yeah. Dustin. So today we are going to do something that I hope we do a lot more of going forward. Okay. I don't know if we're going to do these uh, recorded or we're going to do these when we start doing the live mm-hmm. podcast. But I want to talk about like what's happening real time in the news. Mm. So the bad news is, is this episode, if you're not listening to it sometime in the month of February of 2024, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to like get caught up and let's say it's December of 2025, go ahead and click skip. Sure. Yeah. Just Just play it on mute in the background so we get the metrics and engagement, please. There you go. We'll Mm. do that for JC, but I'm just going to let you know that something that I want to do more of is I want to decipher for our audience, like what's happening in the news, but more importantly, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want them to have to spend three or four hours reading a bunch of articles, of which half of them are bogus. They are hyperbably, they are surface level, and of the other half, they're long as shit, Right. right? So it's like, how can we, I read the news, this is something that I do for my peers, for my branches, for my loan officers, and Mm -hmm. then I take it to various meetings and let them know what's going on so they can spend more time selling. I can do all the learning and mm-hmm. then I can regurgitate it. Why do we need to just keep that to the loan officers who work directly with me mm-hmm. and the branch managers, branch managers who work directly with me? Let's give it to the people. Hell yeah, Dustin. Let's give it to the people. Speaking of the people. <clears throat> oh, God. Go ahead. Do you know where I'm going with this? I don't know. The People's Open. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. It was all up in the news. And guess who was there? You. Yeah. Did you get on TV? This dude. I hope not. That was the goal. I told you to throw a TLOP t-shirt on the 16th green. That would have been the least of their worries. Uh, That would have been the least of their worries. Here's what I can tell you, John. Mm -hmm. I can tell you without boring the audience that I was there Friday. I was there Saturday. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the Waste Management Phoenix Open, Mm -hmm. also called the People's Open. Y'all, it's the PGA golf tournament that everyone is talking about because it gets litty titty. Because it smells like piss on the 16th green. Uh, not just the 16th green. Mm-hmm. How about it smells like piss all I throughout the grounds? Love- not because it's a bad course, because they allowed over 300,000 spectators in on Saturday. People, suck. people legit were peeing on fences, mm-hmm. in bushes, Woodstock. up against buildings it was straight up woodstock they even had the mudslides 
of Woodstock 99. I want to bring up the fact that this is how blind sheeple are in the real world. I will give you 75 cents if you can tell me who won the fucking tournament. It was some Canadian dude. Exactly. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody cares about this. So, like, is it really yeah, even golf? Look, it is one of the biggest parties of the year. It's one of the biggest parties uh, a PGA ever. Go figure waste management because that's nothing. <laughs> Fucking that's what the hey, It was a great time, but the, the cool story that I'll tease a little bit, and you talked about the 16th hole. The 16th hole is the mecca of this whole entire tournament. It is where the party's at. It's three stories of grandstands and boxes and VIP suites. And it typically would cost someone off market about two grand just to get in for the day. Mm. Me, my two buddies, one way, somehow we got in for the entire day without a ticket. We were chilling in the GoDaddy box. We were chilling in some real estate developers box. I stopped by the Fairway whoa, whoa, Independent whoa, whoa, Mortgage whoa, whoa, whoa. box. Did you get a lead? Did I get a lead? Yeah, did you lead with a lead? Did you leave with a lead? Did How you about this? I led. I left. I left with, with a follower for T-Lop. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, because she's already reached out to me via IG. She's like, hey, it was great meeting on the 16th. I look forward to tuning in. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, totally connected with a T-Lopper out of Houston, Texas, Patrick Allen. Shout out Patrick yeah, Allen. Yeah, Patrick was out there with a couple of his buddies. I went and hung out with him because I, I heard that he was up at the 16th hole. May have had some T-Lop um, koozies with me. Mm, yeah, left those... T-Lop koozies all throughout the 16th Perfect. green, the 16th hole. Perfect. Yeah, it was a blast. And I posted about it on LinkedIn. I posted some stories on IG. So if you follow us on IG, you saw me posting the stories. If we're, if we're connected on LinkedIn, you can go and see my photos. What an awesome, awesome experience. Friday, awesome experience. Saturday, bit of a shit show. I was only there for 90 days. The minute I saw- 90 days. You were did there. I say 90 days? You did, but I- 90 should, minutes. I was going to let you go. I was only there for 90 minutes because <laughs> I learned quickly. It was an hour- and to, to stand in line to take a leak. It was an hour to stand in line to get a beer. After we walked the course for 90 minutes, we got the hell up out of there. It was at that time, they cut off alcohol sales and they stopped letting people in. 2 p.m. At 2 p.m., they cut off alcohol sales and they stopped letting people in. And it was such a slippery, muddy mess that people were busting ass as if they're trying to walk on ice mm. left and right. That's what happens when you walk through Dookie and without your spikes on. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, look, it's Arizona. They never get rain, and they had rain for like four days. Um, one more shout-out when I was out there. It's pretty cool. I didn't see this dude at the actual course. I saw him Saturday morning. I was waiting for my Uber to pick us up from brunch to drive us out to the golf course. And Ryan Hadley from Virginia rolled by. He's like, Dio. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, man, love T-Lop. Love what you're doing. Introduced me to his father-in-law. His father-in-law. Uh, owns a mortgage company, runs a mortgage company out of Northern Virginia, met his wife, saw his baby. Yeah, it was really cool. So sh shout out both to Patrick Allen and to Ryan Hadley. Um, I think it was, uh, it was a, it was a good, good time, you. John. You were missed. Uh, I probably wasn't. You probably were missed. I mean, whatever. You know, it's cool. Yeah. What what part of going to the DraftKings after party Friday no, night? No, I want no. You know what the you know what the best way to watch the Super Bowl is at home. Yeah. On your couch. The way that Tommy Pham did. Who? Yeah, exactly. Tommy Pham? Yeah, Tommy Pham, professional baseball player, plays for the Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. Tommy Pham had seats at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. posted about it on social. Mm -hmm. And then by halftime, he was back at his house yeah, don't watching knows. it on TV. It's better. It's fucking clowns. All right, let's get today's episode started. Housing. If you are too, if you can't afford uh, a house, keep renting.
that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions, please hit up hit us up in the comments. You think so? I mean, think it's that easy? we're talking about housing news. Oh, yeah. This is real estate mortgage news. What's sure. going on currently? What is going on? Well, what is the news? Because, you know, I'm, I don't be on the Internet and I haven't logged on to social media since the turn of the new year. So I'm way behind. OK, well, how's that chat GPT treating you? I mean, me and Claude, I have conversations with Claude. OK, so you don't do chat GPT. You use Claude. Yeah, Claude hey. AI. OK, hey, look, Shout out if, Mark. if we have you with Claude, maybe it's OK that you're not on uh, social media. Yeah. Right, we we can't ask too I much. I do. I we we will get started, but the aliens are coming. I do want to point out that like five or six commercials during the Super Bowl had like aliens and UFOs front and center to just de de like synthesize us for the false flag operation that's coming. Wow. I said it here first, so when it happens, just rewind this tape. Go ahead, Dio. All right. So yeah, what what I want to do is I want to go through what's going on in the news. Here mm -hmm. we are, middle of February, twenty twenty four. Let's decipher it. Let's break it down. Let's talk about it. What does it really mean? It's going to impact real estate agents. It's going to impact real estate investors, home buyers, home sellers, mortgage professionals. I think I just encapsulated about seventy percent of the American populace. Mm -hmm. What's going on in the news? It's going to impact them. I'm not talking about Ukraine and Russia. I'm not going to talk about Hamas and Israel. I'm not going to talk about China and Taiwan. Not even going to talk about the Super Bowl, right? Because, nope, not, not even going to go there. We spend enough time talking about PGA golf that we don't need to go into the Super Bowl. I can discuss this today when we record this. The Consumer Price Index numbers, the CPI numbers came out. This is a, a measure of inflation. It's the Federal Reserve's most favorite measure of inflation. And just know it came out hotter than we expected it to, which is bad for mortgage rates. Okay, cool. Good news is you and I just did an episode a week ago talking about higher for longer. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we, we kind of knew this. We kind of talked about this, that the Federal Reserve is going to keep their monetary policy higher for longer. That's going to impact borrowing yeah. across the board. Okay. So uh, we need, if y'all are wondering, and this is in the news, let's talk about it. Okay. If you are wondering when our mortgage rates going to come down eventually end of court next next, next question next question next topic <laughs> next article uh, ideally the minute we start seeing news reports research that is pointing towards an employment market being soft more point more pointedly stated when people start losing their jobs, when companies quit hiring, okay. when people stop getting raises. Looking forward to AI taking over Chipotle orders because they'd be messing up my shit every time. Now, all that said, there's many of us, if you just look around, you can see that the employment market is not robust. <laughs> but that's not what's being reported. It's not what the Federal Reserve is looking at. Therefore, they have no desire to change their monetary policy. Mm -hmm. They may very well be slow to do this, and all of a sudden, when they realize they need to change their policy, it's going to be a little bit too late. And just like they height uh, interest rates mm -hmm. 11 consecutive times before they paused, they may very well have to, when they start cutting, if they wait too long, make some drastic cuts. It's mm -hmm. like they overcompensated one direction. Now they're overcompensating the, the other direction while they're waiting to get in the middle. But if you want to know what's in the news, like legit today, legit today, we're talking about CPI. It came in hotter than expected. That means inflation is still there. It's nowhere near where it was at its peak, but it's still hotter than where the Federal Reserve wants it. Therefore, we're not seeing mortgage rates come down anytime soon. What will we need? We'll need to see the unemployment numbers become softer. Basically, unemployment rate goes up. Mm -hmm. The wages that people are earning goes down. Mm -hmm. That would be 
uh, something that would uh, prompt the Federal Reserve to want to change their, their, their policy, or when the price of goods quits increasing at a rate higher than 2% per year. So whatever you're paying for your auto insurance, for your gasoline, for your food, for your cars, for your homes, for your rent, when we can get that in check, mm -hmm. then we could see a monetary uh, policy change, at which point we would see mortgage rates follow suit. That's that answer. Well That's said. a bonus, by the Holy way, John. shit. If that was like, you know, when you get up in class and you have to give like a presentation, I'd give you a solid A minus on that. I like that one. Hey, A minus for someone who came in unprepared. That's called pure domination. I told you, I fall, I fall asleep on the desk when during my presentation. <laughs> so... So here's, here's, I'm just gonna go, th go through some articles. John, I'll make sure I forward them to you just in case you want to try to edit them in. Oh, yeah, yeah, say this. Into the YouTube. Oh, yeah, we're practicing on saying this. Be like, hey, everyone, if you're interested in, and shit. Hey, everyone, <laughs> if you're interested in checking out any articles we've referenced in today's episode, make sure you check out the links in the description. Yes, there we go. Links in the description. Mm -hmm. However, you want to do it. You want to cut it in as a, G whoop, as a whoop. CGI. So, yeah, whoop de whoop. Yeah, whatever you want to do, you are the producer extraordinaire. But I found this particular article so intriguing that I actually did a reel about it and threw it up on Instagram using the, the whole the whole green screen technology. Okay, Karen. But it came, it came from the National Association of Home Builders. Uh -huh. And the title was the best. And it was like, um, home, home ownership or housing is still at an all-time like low for affordability. Right, so like on a scale of one to 10, 10 is like housing's super affordable. Mm. One's like, that shit ain't affordable at all. I don't know where you can find affordable housing. Yeah. Okay, so the scale is low. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at the article. I'm like, literally a national organization published this report and then a reporter wrote on it. And all I wanted to say was, duh. Like, duh. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, a mortgage professional, or a top producing realtor to know that across the board, housing is pretty expensive. In fact, it could be at an all-time high. So I was like, man, what was the point of that article? Why is it? Why did it make TLOP? Well, here's why it made TLOP. Oh, what shit. I did like Drop knowledge. Is, is it went on to tell us, mm -hmm. it told us that these are the five least affordable cities, mm. and these are the five most affordable cities. I can summarize it this way. If the weather is nice, it's not affordable. If there's a beach, it's not affordable. If there's an ocean, it's not affordable. Like, the, do we do we even have to go look? If if there's good looking people who live there, mm, definitely not Philadelphia. There's a good chance it's not affordable, probably, right? Probably not. I mean, it's it's if it's a place that many people want to live, yeah. it's probably not affordable. Yeah. But nonetheless, let's just talk about it for another minute or two. Okay. These are the five cities. Okay. That are the least affordable. Two of which are in Florida. None of which are in Florida, What? but you don't have to be a freaking genius or a savant to know where they are. California, New York, California. Just stop there. Yeah. LA, Anaheim, San Diego, what? Thousand Oaks and San Francisco. Those are the five least affordable major housing markets. Duh. Let's move there. Duh. Now, if you want to move somewhere that is affordable, mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? Number one, East Lansing, Michigan. I've never been there this time of year, but I heard it's gorgeous. Go, go Spartans. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm. It's not Philly. It's not Pittsburgh. It's Harrisburg. It's probably better. Hey, number two most affordable. Indianapolis, oh my God. Indiana. Have you been there before? Never been there before. Don't. Okay. <laughs> 
Dayton, Ohio. Mm, Ohio's not even a state, so sure. Then number five, Akron, Ohio. Also not a state. Now, for our listeners and our fans who tune in from those states, you guys should be cheering this. Like, hell yeah, where's that article, JC? Because you should be using this to try to drum up business to get people to want to move into your town, your township, your community, your area. Because, look, you made this list for being one of the most affordable markets. Hold up. So is, like, Miami cheap now? I can move to like Coral Gables for like hella low. No, and this Jupiter. Was, this was an article based on like Q4 data from 2023. So the most recent data coming off the mm-hmm. fourth quarter of last year. But I read the article. I was like, hey, I kind of like the positivity of hey, these are five markets. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. I, I want to know that, right? Because maybe I, maybe I hate the ocean. I hate sand. <laughs> I don't like how it chafes me when it gets in my bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't really care for California or Californians. That's also true. At which point, it's like, I like it when it's cold. I like it when it's dark. And I like only having the sun shine like four months out of the year. Let me move to one of these places. And I work from home, so it doesn't matter where I where I work. I love to play video games. I don't like hanging out with people. That's me. Don't need cool restaurants. Wow. And yeah, so maybe that's where you should go, John. Where's that? Oh, those five places I mentioned. Shit. Yeah. Indianapolis? You already made fun of Indianapolis. Yeah, it's... Flyover state. All right. There you go. That's the world according to John Coleman. Don't hate on us for it. Um, And then like other articles are coming out. Mortgage credit availability increased in January. No one gives two shits about the mortgage credit availability. What does that even mean? Mortgage credit availability? Yes. The ability or the access to credit. Is it easier to obtain a home loan this month than it was last month? That's what it is. There's an index. Oh, okay. Okay. It all comes down to this. If mortgage rates have come down last month versus this month, or this month versus last month, I should say, uh-huh. then you should anticipate the mortgage credit availability um, becoming better because rates are cheaper. That means more people will qualify. Oh, okay. Like that's essentially... Yeah. Now, if there's some big underwriting guideline changes mm-hmm. and those underwriting guideline changes were restrictive, I'm sure that could impact it as well. But these are just kind of the articles that are going on right now. How about this? Janet Yellen, this is from Bloomberg. Janet Yellen eyes non-bank mortgage lenders, warns of potential failure. All right. So Janet Yellen is looking at non-bank mortgage lenders, Mm -hmm. which greater than 50% of loans being originated in today's day and age are by lenders that are not owned by a bank. Mm. And she's saying, yeah, this is scary. If there was ever a really bad economic downturn, would these particular lenders have the cash needed to service all of these loans that are now going into, into default. Mm. Okay. Well, Janet Yellen, if 20, if 2008 happens all over again, I believe you are right. (laughs) I am spot on. (laughs) Look, yeah. Those non-bank lenders do not have the cash Mm -hmm. because what happens, I don't know if you know this, when you're servicing a loan, and let's say, John, you're the servicer and I'm the borrower uh-huh. and I can't make the payments. Mm-hmm. You as the servicer still have to give the investor who owns that mortgage their payments. It's like the middleman when you do a drug transaction and they run off on the plug. You still owe the plug. Facts. One thousand percent. Yes. Well, you know, if 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 you were the middleman and you had a stash. Yeah. Back at the house, right. whether it was cash or whether it was supply. Correct. Hey, no big deal. Got you. Yeah. And when you're a bank or you're a lender owned by a bank, banks have stash. Got you. Yeah. So they, they, they can go there when you're not. That's what Janet Yellen's worried about. Uh, I think this is 
a whole bunch of nothing because there's nothing coming out of the U.S. economy right now that would make me believe that a whole bunch of people are not going to be able to make their mortgage payments all at the same time. Like it would be a catastrophic event. We It took a once in a generation bubble bursting back in 2008 mm-hmm. to get to where we are. And by the way, we learned from that as a, as a country, as an economy, and we took corrective actions. Mm-hmm. But it is something, I guess, to be aware of if you're a mortgage professional. If you're a borrower, it doesn't impact you one bit. So if you're a real estate agent, does it really impact you one bit? No, you know, but that is something that if you're a mortgage lender, hearing a regulator make that, those statements, mm-hmm. and I think she was answering a question in a congressional hearing, mm-hmm. and it would be hard-pressed for Janet Yellen in her position to say, well, I couldn't say that they weren't riskier, but it's like, what, what are we talking about here? A 1% chance, a half a percent chance, a... Mm-hmm. A 0.3% chance of something catastrophic happening. So that's what's going on uh, going on in the news. If you read that headline, that is what it means. And um, let's see here. CFPB resolves a foreclosure scam case with $12 million settlement. Eh, we keep moving. Let's pass. Let's go ahead and pull up some more articles. Are you ready for this, John Coleman? Mm-hmm. The CFPB, what is that? The College Football Bureau Association? Yes. <laughs> Consumer Financial Protection oh, yeah. Bureau. Yo, how are we looking on the housing inventory? They start printing more houses yet? They have not started 3D printing houses at a large enough scale that it's going to make a dent. Okay. We are not building homes at a fast still? enough pace. And there's still what's called locked in effect. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to enter into the spring home buying season. Mm-hmm. We did a whole entire episode on this where I think we titled it like this is the last buyer's market we'll see for maybe the next 36 to 48 months, three to four years. Mm-hmm. And we're already starting to see signs of it that buyers want to buy regardless if rates are six or seven. Mm-hmm. And sellers eventually are going to be forced to sell because of life events, life events, marriage, divorce, job change, retirement, mm-hmm. death in the family. So as those homes come on the market, there won't be enough of them. There will be more buyers than there are sellers and they're going to go like hotcakes, mm-hmm. just fly off the market. All right. But also in the news right now, this is a very important one. This okay. is what I want you all to listen oh, up shit, to. Pay attention. And, um, you know, Mark, Uh-oh. Nikki, JC, if one of y'all can help us out. Okay. Trigger leads are back in the news. No, come on, Hey, man. we're going to win this time, John. Trigger leads? We are going to win this time. You about no goddamn trigger leads. No, they're bad. They're bad for consumers. They're bad for business. And we as an industry mm-hmm. have a right to fight for what we believe in. Correct. Okay. I want y'all to know that now is another time to act. We can step up to the plate. Oh, okay. We need to advocate. Okay. Okay, we need to, to to get in with our MBA, to get in with the uh, National Association of Mortgage Professionals, AIM, whatever trade organization that you like to to be the most a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's time to let your congressmen and congresswomen and your senators know that we need them to support this legislation. Okay. Okay. So it's very important. Somehow, if we can get that message out to the TLOP community, get it into the newsletter. Um, shout out Mark shout out to Mark who's actually in Orlando right now sitting in the studio with me and John working from O-Town for the next two weeks until I can convince him to move his half ass down here full time but um, it it is a big deal it is going on it is our our turn I know we've been asking y'all to do this for the past like six months 
let's keep doing it until eventually we win. Okay. Right. At first we'll try, then we'll try and we'll try again yeah. until eventually we succeed. So okay. there is a, uh, there's an article right now. Um, there's one in housing wire. I got my, my updates from my friends who were at the NBA and actually it was Ma, the mortgage action Alliance. Okay. This is an opportunity to go to the mortgage action Alliance Make sure you're A, signed up. It's free to sign up to be a part of the Mortgage Action Alliance. And if you were or you are, they will tell you and give you instructions. Click this button. Click these two buttons. Hit send. And your congressperson and both your senators will get a pre-populated message on your behalf talking about why we need them to support H.R. 7297, also known as the Home Buyers Privacy Protection Act. Damn, you're smart. Yeah, or I can read. I mean. Or I can read. Yep. So, um, and there's also a companion bill in the uh, in the U.S. Senate. That one was already previously introduced. But, so, because you need, in order to get a law, you need the House and the Senate. Conjunction, right? junction, what's your function? There you go, John. So, so this one, the, the, the most recent, and by the way, it's a bipartisan. It's bipartisan legislation. So, it's not red or blue. It's not, you know, donkey or elephant. It, it truly is like, hey, we all agree this is bad for the consumers, this is bad for the mortgage industry, let's do something about it. Um, and this is our opportunity to make sure our elected officials know where we Good stand for you. and let them know that we need their help. So that's what's currently in the news. Um, I love this one. Modest uptick in mortgage delinquencies seen in Q4 2023. Must be a slow news cycle. Modest delinquency. So so one person may grab this and be like, delinquencies are on the rise. And then we'd be like, oh my gosh. Read the fine We're going to have a whole bunch of foreclosures. What's going on? Real estate investors are starting to salivate and they're lining up at the courthouse and they're going to steal grandma's house for, for pennies on the dollar. Let's go. That's capitalism. It is. It is. But you know what it did? It ticked up to 3.88% of all loans outstanding. Okay. Over the past... 45 years, 45 years, how, how old I am. Mm -hmm. Historically, that number has averaged 5.25%. So we are still 30 plus percent below mm. the historic average. But hey, it's in the news. Let's talk about it. Let's monitor it mm -hmm. because it's, it's interesting. How could we have robust employment with also delinquencies going up? Mm. Mm, it's going to make you ponder. I will tell you what's happening. People are getting second jobs. People are getting second jobs. So you don't have more workers. You have more people working, working, more, yeah. work, working two jobs because their primary job cut their hours because their primary job isn't giving bonuses because their primary job isn't giving them an opportunity to get a raise because their primary job, they're sitting on the sidelines, be like, mm, don't know where we're going to go with this. They're not ready to make cuts, not ready to, to announce layoffs but they're going to try to pare back, scale back any which way they can. Mm -hmm. But those consumers are like, y'all, I need that money. I was reliant on that overtime. I, I was expecting to get a raise because mm -hmm. I can't afford my lifestyle. So they've maxed out their credit cards. You know about these shopping services? Like Layaway has come back. Shout out Eblins from Western Massachusetts. I have no idea Eblins is, but, <laughs> but here's what I do That's know. Layaway, yeah. I do know that consumers had the ability to buy stuff like online through Amazon and through other uh, online stores. Yeah. And they can, without using a credit card, they can pay for it in installment payments. And people are looking at me like, Dio, like you're literally living under a rock. 
and you are a boomer. How do you not know about this? But I just don't know about this. Like if I ever needed to pay for something on credit, I use a credit card, but yeah. people have their credit cards maxed out and they're still not slowing down their spending. So there's, oh, wow. Yep. And that's what's also keeping that CPI number up. People keep spending money that they don't have. Eventually they'll run out of credit. Eventually they'll run out of opportunities to borrow, to borrow. Mm -hmm. And, and eventually we will start to see some cracks well, in you, that. Yeah, you know what I say? It's the American way for people to spend money they don't have, Dustin. Yeah, it's why Dave Ramsey has become a hundred millionaire. Who? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We did a whole episode yeah. about how he may be out of touch. And I've got a little hate on that. I'm like, y'all, I'm not anti-Dave Ramsey. I just am anti-people who who don't give the American populace their 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 full yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the dude doesn't think people are smart enough, or they're diligent enough, or disciplined enough to to get beyond the basics. Mm -hmm. Right? I think I said it on the show. Like, all he wants to do is teach t-ball, and it's like there's way more to the game of baseball than just hitting off a tee. Mm -hmm. Although some of the best baseball players still hit 100 balls a day off off a tee, even grown ass men making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Um, yeah, it's it's it was very basic. Mm -hmm. But you are correct. Many people do not understand the basics. All right, let's find one or two more news articles, John, and then let's uh, let's find a way to wrap this up. Okay. All Cause, right. Because you got something to do or some shit, don't you? Uh, yeah, we have we actually have Coach Brian. Shout out, Coach B from the uh, TLOP MLO community. Right, that's our subscription based, membership based platform to coach and train mortgage loan originators. It's by my opinion and my my vision to create a community that was dollar for dollar the best value anyone could have investing in their business, right? It's an investment, but we give you tons of training, coaching, content, a voice, an opportunity to feed for feedback, an opportunity to present, an opportunity to teach and coach yourself because I've learned he or she that is teaching is learning. Like if you want to get really good at something, learn it to, to coach it. And that's all encompassing this TLOP community. And we're going to end up capping the community at no more than 3% of all licensed mortgage loan originators will be allowed to be a part of it. And we're moving towards already an application process. But right now, because we just launched this thing less than a year ago, right now, it's um, a great opportunity for loan originators who are in growth mode, who are serious professionals to come join the community get in, be an early adopter and grow with us. Turn up for a So check. yeah, so I do have to run because Brian Kimball speaks in 15 minutes and I don't want to miss it. Uh, Brian's a badass producing branch manager. He's out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And this dude knows systems and processes better than any other mortgage professional that I've been around. So I'm going to have an opportunity to learn from Brian. Right. So the last thing that just came up and it's interesting. It's like House Democrats poke the NIMBY bear with 2024 what, housing push. What the, the Exactly. What? The NIMBY bear. N-I-M-B-Y, John. NIMBY bear. Hold on. N-I-M-B-Y. The National Insurance Bureau of Yonkers. Yeah, nice try. What nope. Not in my backyard. Is comma, that, homie. Is that really what that is? Comma, biatch. Is that, really like, this is, is that really what that is? Yes. Oh. Yeah, NIMBY stands for not in my backyard. So here, here's the, the deal. Here's the deal. It's, and look, it's just interesting. It's a bunch of clickbait, but I think it's good for people to know that there is a whole not in my backyard, um, like movement happening. Y you mentioned earlier about 
housing mm -hmm. and about new inventory. Yeah. And I made my comment. No, we are not building enough homes. And we've talked about this for years on this show. In fact, one of my biggest concerns is I don't see anything in the cards in the future, in the crystal ball, where we will get to a point as a country, as a society, as communities where we are building enough. Mm. Like, I think the answer is going to be a combination of converting malls into housing, adding ADUs to current properties that are, that are already existing. I think it's going to be fighting against the NIMBYs, the not in my backyard. I think it could be moving towards modular housing. I think it could be converting a con commercial space that's not being used because people refuse to come back to the office and they want to work from home into places to live. I think it's going to be a combination, but the NIMBYs, not in my backyard, what we've learned is the reason why we're not building enough houses is because it's too cumbersome. Too cumbersome because you have to jump through hoops to get permitting. You have to jump through hoops in order to go through environmental studies. It takes too too long. It's too expensive, too time consuming. Therefore, builders are just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. You know, like I'm not going to do it. So the push has always been, well, let's relax that, that, that legislation. Mm -hmm. Let's make it easier to get permitting. Let's allow for multifamily housing to go right next door to this gated community. Check well, do you think those Karens live in that gated no, community? No, what, 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 want to have, you know, a four story apartment complex where one third of the rent is, is subsidized rent Hell no. for, for people with low to moderate income. Not in my backyard. Exactly. Oh, that's what it and, means. And that's what it means. Yeah. So now there's going to, they're going to, they're going to try to politicize it and be like, oh, well house Democrats are going to poke the NIMBY bear. It's like, I can't imagine Democrat or Republican is anti-housing and they're anti-affordable housing, but it is good to know that as much as we want more housing, as much as we want more affordable housing, uh -huh. some of those barriers do require all of us to be able to get along. And it's certain neighborhoods, certain municipalities are like, yes, we are for affordable housing. Just not next to my house. Just not next to my nice community. Yeah, the hell? In my golf course. You're not going to ruin my property value bringing in. Yeah. I understand yes. That. Yeah. yeah. So so that that is what is currently Damn, in the news. I'm a NIMBY? You must be. Shit. You must be. Yeah, because you live out on five acres. Yeah, and you'd be hella pissed if they started building a thousand well, if, uh, unit well, uh, if subdivision. They, they tried to. Ed Yarborough <laughs> did it. And the people, like, they had one of those town hall meetings, like a legit town hall. And people, a bunch of NIMBY showed up. And they said, we're going to veto this bill. Not in my backyard. Yeah. So here's the deal, y'all. If, if you like getting caught up on current events and you're not signed on to our newsletter, that was the purpose and mm -hmm. still be the purpose of the newsletter. Go to TLOP online. It's free to do. Sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every single Thursday mm -hmm. where we are sharing the articles that are the most pressing. We also host that on TLOPonline.com. I'm writing sales tips. I'm giving market updates. We're talking program product guideline changes. It's good shit. It should take you less than three to four minutes to read. If you can read. If you can read. And if you're going to read something, go ahead and read the TLOP newsletter. Well said. And look, keep tuning in. Tell your friends to tune in. Check out what we're doing on LinkedIn. Check out what we're doing over at YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. And continue to follow along with what we're going to do going from the Loan Officer Podcast into this whole entire new world of TLOP. Holy shit. But until then... He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Noah, and you just tuned in to a future episode of TLOP and a current episode of the Lone Officer Podcast. That's all the time we have for you today. 
But we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.